1: loyalty now I just say it to say it, that's what I do
0: Hope w.
1: good morning this is James hey this is Peter Rosenberger were we supposed to talk this morning? yes I was just getting ready to call you my friend thanks for giving me a call oh.
0: alright you uh, you'll
1: be hang up? Uh, no I've got you just hold on man well, uh All right, we'll get going. I just was getting ready to call you on the on the uh on the phone, so I'm glad that uh, you right. gave me a call. How are you today Pete? I'm just
0: lovely i am sorry I had it down at eleven thirty I thought well, not a
1: problem, not a problem. I was just getting ready to call you man uh but right. um but um pete go ahead and uh give us a little bit of background on you, my friend. Uh, talk to us about yourself
0: well i have uh, um been a caregiver for my wife now for over 33 years through a medical nightmare uh, from a car wreck she had many, many years ago, and uh, 80 surgeries, both legs amputated, uh, treatment by 80, 90, 100 doctors, and um, 12 different hospitals, 7 different insurance companies, and well over $10 million, and it's ongoing, and so I've learned a few things about the health care system. I've learned a few things about the opioid crisis. I've learned a few things about a, a lot of things. And, uh, and I host a weekly radio program for family caregivers. Uh, we're, all, we're the largest in the nation. We're on about 185 stations. And I've written a couple books about it.
1: Fantastic books. Tell me a little bit about the books.
0: Well, the first one is Seven Caregiver Landmines and How You Can Avoid Them. And it's really meant to be just kind of a field manual uh, for fellow caregivers, it's a pocket-sized book. You just take it with you to the hospital, to the doctor's office, to wherever you need to go, and just remind you, I have caregiver amnesia, and so I have to remind myself of these things. And the other one is called Hope for the Caregiver, and it's a little bit more comprehensive. And it goes through the kind of a whole litany of things, but it's all about detangling the heart of a caregiver and helping a caregiver back away from these cliffs that we find ourselves dangling over and get to a place of safety. Uh, all too many caregivers, their families just come to blows over this situation. They 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 hurl themselves recklessly financially, emotionally, physically uh, into situations, and I help them kind of back away let's find a path to safety.
1: It's a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast talking a little bit about uh, his books. And uh, I also want to delve into Bernie Sanders' health care plan. Uh, a lot of folks are saying, this is ill-advised. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this, my friend.
0: Well, let's let's just start with one basic question, then I have two follow-up questions. One of them is: At what point in Bernie Sanders' life has he had enough credible experience with health care to be able to tell the nation how to do it better?
1: Okay, silence, <laughs> that's an your interesting point.
0: Is um uh, I mean and I think that's the question every one of your listeners ought to ask themselves we all are, every one of America should that, why why are we listening to this guy what does he know about health care I mean I just gave you my resume and I can tell you what I know about health care and I think that your listeners would probably agree that okay I I got some um I got some skin in this game and I understand it but at what point has bernie had to wrestle with um 80 surgeries uh 80 90 100 doctors 12 different hospitals seven different insurance companies. Uh, I've never lost an appeal with an insurance company. Can Bernie say that? Does he do this? Does he? Who does he take care of? What kind of medical crisis does he personally touch every single day? And I think that's the starting point I want to ask everybody to think about when they think of Bernie Sanders talking about uh, taking over this vast component of the national uh, economy of our health care. What does he know? What? What qualifies him to have this conversation? And yeah. then I have two follow-up questions about Bernie Sanders.
1: Yes, go ahead, jump in there, right Before
0: friend. we even get into the nuts and bolts of his health care plan, why should the Democrat Party accept him as their nominee when he's not willing to accept them as his party?
1: Interesting points, I'm, my friend.
0: I, I'm, just, I'm just still struggling with that question a little bit. And this, then the third question I have to ask is... Why should the American people want to turn over their health care to a man who would not even fight for his own campaign against Hillary Clinton rigging against him? And then he turned around and endorsed her. Now, what about that instills confidence that this man knows really how to do what he's proposing to do? He has never built a company, he doesn't have any credible experience in taking care of somebody with significant health issues, he won't even accept the name of the party he's trying to get, and he wouldn't even defend his own campaign against the rigged system with Hillary Clinton and turn around and endorse it. All right, so before we even get into the nuts and bolts of this plan, those are, I think, Fairly legitimate questions to ask, wouldn't you say?
1: Yes, yes, indeed. We have got a, a great guest with us today, he joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about his health care plan here.
0: All right. Now he's talking about all these things he wants to make free. And, and he's given this whole litany we're going to get rid of this, we're going to get rid of that, we're going to get rid of this. Okay. So uh, we already have a program that takes care of the indigent, that's called Medicaid. We already have a program that takes care of seniors and uh, people with disabilities who pay into that system. See, the reason why people can go on Medicare is because they've paid into the system. And then we have a program that cares for our our wounded vets and and people that have worn the uniform in this country. Now, those are three government-run health care programs right now. Now, does anybody want to raise their hand and say that those are a model of efficiency? And he's wanting to get away, do away with basically everything and just make Medicare for all. Well, Medicare implies, because of the nature of Medicare, that you've actually paid into the system through wages that, you, uh, that you've made over your lifetime. And so when it's time to do it's, and I don't really particularly like calling these things an entitlement, we've paid for them. I've paid for my Social Security. They, they forced me to take stuff out of my paycheck and, and put that away and promise that we'll have this for you when you get older. And now all of a sudden they're just going to say, no, we're just going to do this for everybody. It's like the whole student loan thing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't make anybody sign up for that student loan. And now they want to just go ahead and, and just wipe away the debt with uh, Elizabeth Warren there. And so it's the same concept that Bernie's applied to health care. We just want to give it all away. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, when did health care become a right? Now, I know a lot of doctors, and most of them started their journey in medicine in high school. Uh, studying hard, making good grades, pushing themselves, working two or three jobs to get through school, and all the things that go on involved with it. And now all of a sudden their services are a commodity that is now a right to the American people, according to Bernie Sanders. And it's Medicare for all. But but think about what's happening with the family caregiver, of which I am one. We provide, there are more than 65 million of us, and we provide Uh, basically, if if we got minimum wage, which Bernie Sanders said should be $15 an hour, then we would be providing a trillion dollars in unpaid labor every year at minimum wage for people who have significant chronic diseases and impairments and so forth. Now, I don't think he's factoring in that unpaid labor into his health care plan. But if we don't show up for work, what happens to the person who's getting medicare for all at some point we're going to have to look at making funerals for all because and by the way are funerals an entitlement are they a right now too does everybody have a right to die and be buried uh because unless you're elvis you can't be buried in the backyard and so you're going to have to have a funeral and somebody's got to learn how to do funeral type things to embalm or cremate now all of a sudden is that going to be a right too Everybody dies. The mortality rate in this country is still at 100%, last I heard. And so, do you see the absurdity of where this goes? And, and, he, and he throws these things out there like he really knows what he's talking about, and yet I look at his background, and I see no credible experience to ever having to negotiate with insurance companies on a level that most people in America could respect and say. I see no credible experience having to deal with a health care crisis in his life, like most people could say, oh, man, he really gets it. And yet he's wanting the country to trust him, and you look at his tax returns and look how much money he's been paying on taxes – he hasn't been paying what he's asking us to pay. If, he wants to, if he's serious about it, he can go back and write a check to the U.S. Treasury for the, the rate that he's proposing, because he's a very wealthy man. And back in 1971, he thought it was just horrific for senators to be millionaires, and now he is one. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really puzzled on what the attraction, other than we got a bunch of adolescents out there, whether they're adolescents in years or in mindset, who just want free stuff. Healthcare is not a right, it is a responsibility. And I, it is my responsibility, it's my wife. And i married somebody who had a broken body and I made insurance the priority with her. We brought two children in the world. They were my responsibility to care for and I made it a responsibility. And now I have elected officials who are telling me that I need to subsidize somebody else who's not willing to do the same hard choices that I made?
1: We've got a great so, guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast now. Um, there, there, there is a lot going on with Bernie Sanders' health care plan. A lot of folks say that it's ill-advised. Um, if Bernie Sanders' health care plan were, be, were to be implemented, you, uh, w- you've stated that the health care system would decline. In uh, mediocrity and on the path to socialism. Explain this to us.
0: Well, I mean, think about this. If there's no incentive for you to be successful in the field of your choice, how hard are you going to work at it? The government is telling these people that what they do is a right in the medical world, from phlebotomists to orthopedic surgeons. Healthcare is a right now, according to Bernie Sanders. So what is the point for me to excel? They're not only telling me my stuff is a right, they're telling me how much I'm going to get paid for it. So I want you to imagine this. You're laying on a gurney and you're going to surgery, and you ask if the surgeon's any good. Oh, yeah, he's a government. He he got the lowest bid to get this job. Now, who wants that before going into surgery? I have wheeled my wife into surgery now, 80 times that I can count in another 100 smaller procedures. I can guarantee you I do not want the lowest government bidder to be operating on her. I want somebody who is so focused on capitalism and wants to be the best that there is no matter what. Because I want that person to be aggressively good at what they do. Now, that's... What's going to happen? And that's already what's happening. There's very little incentive. I just had a family member over in Paris that got sick and had to go to the hospital there. That's where Bernie Sanders gets his all his wonderful ideas and socialism is from Europe. And everybody talks about how wonderful this is. I work in Africa. I work over there with the Prosthetic Limb Ministry. We partner over there. It's a, the socialized medicine. Go spend some time over there and see how you like it. And if Bernie Sanders thinks this is so great, let him implement it in his home state of Vermont and test it out and see how the Vermontians like it. Do you call them Vermontians or Vermontonians? I don't know what you call them. <laughs> but let him work it out in Vermont. Let him just test it out. Do it in just one city in Vermont. Just do it in, hey, just do it in one little town and see how everybody likes it. And then show us the numbers. And if it works, okay, then we'll talk about it. But you and I both know it's not going to work because eventually you, get, you run out of other people's money.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about Bernie Sanders' health care plan. Now, um, how will all this be – how how was all this paid for, and how will this be paid for?
0: It, no, it won't be paid for. What they're trying to do is they're trying to t- basically insert the government into every part of our lives – and take over things. And I, and I really blame one group for this. I really blame the Republican Party, because they're the ones that said that they're the adults in the room. And they're the ones that tout conservative fiscal uh, responsibility and all these kinds of things, or at least they, they say that they do. And they've allowed this to pander to people because they want people to like them more than they want people to be healthy. And the goal is not to feel better about all these things. We're not here to just make sure everybody is liked. The goal is for us to be better. I'm never gonna feel better about what I deal with with my wife. It's a brutal reality. She's certainly never gonna feel better about it, but we can be better in it. And that's where we are as a country. We're never gonna feel better about some of the things that we have, but we can be better in it. We can start whittling down this debt that we have. We have a $22 trillion debt. We have misplaced priorities in this country. And it comes down to one word, irresponsibility. And that's what our country is. We have an epidemic of it. I know the opioid crisis gets all the the press on, on epidemic, but the real epidemic we have is irresponsibility. And we have raised multiple generations now to be irresponsible. And they bring children in the world that they don't take care of. They don't take care of their own health. They don't take care of their own stuff and they want everybody else to bail them out when it gets to a crisis point. I don't know about you, but did you? You? I assume you own a car, correct?
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.
0: Go wreck it, and then go try to get insurance for it after it's wrecked. And see what State Farm or Liberty or Progressive or all these wonderful Geico, all these wonderful ads you see on television talking about how much they love you. They are not going to insure a wrecked car. <laughs> and this is what we're trying to do here we're not talking about health insurance we're talking about health care and health insurance is i'm going to purchase a product that's going to give me peace of mind in case something terrible happens and now we want people to people just want to say well just just take care of me and do everything for me well does it doesn't work that way somebody needs to get paid for what they do you know i mean again i go back to the funeral analogy you're going to die who's going to pay for the funeral and if you can't afford to pay, what kind of funeral are you going to have? Are you going to have a gilded casket and all kinds of whistles and bells? Or are they going to put you in a pine box and put you in a pau- pauper's grave? I mean, at some point, you have to think like this. Funeral home directors get paid. And and this is the way America thinks right now. They think, just because something happens to me, somebody ought to take care of me. And irresponsibility is what's leading to this massive fiscal meltdown that we're having in our country and we have raised a bunch of children and and, and i think that the, the adolescent age has been stretched up to about 35 now so I sound like a grumpy old man saying get off my lawn
1: no no you no, know what? I've been no, taking, no, no i've no no i've been taking
0: care of my wife since i was 22 years old and this has been a, a horrific journey for both of us and I've just learned a few things. I can't even believe that they have a verb now for, for being an adult, they, you know, adulting, you know, because there's so many people that don't know how to do it. But it's just called responsibility. It's not that complicated. This is mine. I need to be a good steward of it. I need to be responsible. This is my body. I need to take good care of it. You see somebody that's 400 pounds, and then they want free health care. Really? Really? Free health care, you're 400 pounds. Put the Cheetos down and get up and start drinking water and walk.
1: Well, uh, You know, I mean, it's tough as, medicine, but you know what? My
0: life is tough.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, as as we're uh, up against the wall here before we've got to take a break here, uh, fill us in on websites and social media and how we get a hold of you, get your books, everything.
0: HopeForTheCaregiver.com. And I'm um, on Twitter. The podcast is there. It's free. Uh, my show is uh, uh, every weekend. I have one on Saturday morning, one on Saturday after, Sunday afternoons. and the book is Seven Caregiver Landmines and How You Can Avoid Them or Hope for the Caregiver. I've got music and everything else out there. It's just there's my blog. Everything is out there at hopeforthecaregiver.com. My books are wherever books are sold, and I'm just very passionate about strengthening the family caregiver and, um, and, and helping these folks stay healthy as they take care of somebody who is not. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers.
1: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll you talk care. to you soon. Thank All you, my right, friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he goes, Peter Rosenberger. We're going to take a time out. Come back with more on the other side. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky.